Hello and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shute and today it's budget time. This episode has been sponsored by IDELO, the price comparison website. Okay, so budget, budget, budget. Okay, so Rishi, Rishi Sunak, I was going to call him Richie Sunak then. So uh, Rishi Sunak set out the government spending plans in the uh, 2021 budget last week. And uh, what a budget it could have been. Um, it was an awful lot tapered down than I expected. There was only one whopping surprise, which was a whopping surprise, which I'll come on to in a second, uh, that shocked me. Um, everything else seemed pretty much how I expected, if I'm honest. So um, you know, it's a tricky time. We've got mountains of debt, £355 billion borrowed for the pandemic, and it's still growing. And we've got a slowing economy. Um, so it's a very tricky time for him to try and balance the books and make sure things sit out and get paid back properly. But how's it going to affect you? Let's face it, that's the most important thing, isn't it? How's it going to affect me? How's it going to affect my pocket? How am I going to be come April relative before? So um, as expected, there was no income tax rises, no capital gains tax rises, no inheritance tax rises. So they're the sort of three main taxes, no VAT rises either. Um, so there was no tax rises. So how did he benefit? How did he claw some money back? Because remember, when we earn money or when we make money, the government, the chancellor, the treasury effectively taxes that money. And therefore, they use that money to run the country. And part of the running of the country in the last 12 months has been the furlough scheme and the self-employed income support scheme. So what have they done? They've actually kept the personal allowance the same. Not quite the same. At the moment, it's 12,500. That means you can earn 12,500 pounds a year without paying tax. It says tax-free. Everyone in the country gets that. Okay. Now, that was scheduled to increase anyway, and it's gone up to, if I can lay on my notes, something like 12,570. It's gone up 70 pounds. So you kind of think, well, what big deal is that? But inflation is low. Okay, so inflation low. So that's an inflationary increase. And that was already um, legislated to go up. We already knew that was going to happen. But what he's then done is he's frozen that allowance, 12,570, until 2026, so a five-year plan. Whereas ordinarily, they would go up in line with inflation. So what? Well, to you and I, generally, person on the street, that's quite good. Because we kind of look at it and think, oh, okay, no tax rises. I'm actually slightly better off next year because I've got that or next tax year because I've got that extra 70 pounds that I can rely on um, over the last five years inflation increase was about 13 percent so by the end of this five-year period we'll be about 13 percent worse off if inflation stays as it did in the last 12 in the last uh, five years so it's a nice way, I believe, I'm sure people can correct me, but I genuinely believe it's a nice way for him to claw back some taxes because he's not taking more explicitly from us. Um, he's doing what I refer to in my investment presentation is carbon monoxide. You know, it's that secret killer. Inflation will erode your wealth more than anything else. And that's what really should be benchmarking yourself against. So he's kind of like by stealth taken tax away that way. 
Um, it's very clever. If I'm honest, it was a very clever way of him to do it. So the personal allowance goes from 12,500 to 12,570, and then it will be frozen for the next five years until April 2026, assuming Noah, that a Labour government does get in, for example, because they might change that. And then currently you pay 20% tax on the excess, the amount over 12,500, up until 50,000, so 37,500 pounds. That's increased as well. So that's now going to be up to uh, 50,270. So it's gone up another 200 pounds because you've got the 70 pound on the personal allowance. So we can now, as of April, earn 50,270 pounds per person and only pay 20% tax. Um, and again, that band, that um, band there, is being frozen until April 2026. So the most you can earn is 50,270 until April 2026. Um, and there was no national insurance uh, increases either. It would have been a great opportunity for him to sneak in an additional national insurance, hike up, change the thresholds, the levels a little bit, um, but none of that, um, which I'm a bit surprised about, a bit surprised about, I've got to be honest. I wasn't expecting huge income tax rises because it affects so many people and the voter would vote with their feet, as it were. They wouldn't then support him necessarily. But I think we all expected um, income tax rises or some kind of tax rise. I've actually said I didn't expect ta income tax rises, but I did expect some kind of ban threshold change or something, but none of that. So despite the mounting of debt, okay, extra 355 billion, we're hitting two trillion, I think now, um, in total debt, we are gonna go into the new tax year financially better off. You actually take home more tax-free money, irrespective of where you are in the uh, tax thresholds, albeit marginally. Housing market? It's been fueled by the stamp duty land tax holiday. So there's no income tax, no uh, stamp duty on the purchases at the moment, um, up to 250,000 pounds, I think it is, saving about 15,000 pounds for some people. You know, it's, it's a tremendous benefit, really is a tremendous benefit. And it's fueled the property market. You know, there's lots of stuff going on, lots of activity going on. So you'd be forgiven, he'd be forgiven if you thought that he would have waived that, if he said, okay, it's come to its natural end, it's served its purpose, now it's going back to normal. Or let's taper it down, you know, make a change. If he's not, he's extended it for another three months. I'm not convinced that was a really smart move. I'm really not. I can't. I don't know whether he's got some big developers to please uh, or banks to please, because there's something in the middle, I'm gonna talk to you about banks as well. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure what... I, wanna, I would wanna help the first time buyers get on the market but I'm not convinced that's helping them get on the market. All it's doing is it's inflating house prices by the stamp duty amount um, and getting people moving and, and buying houses quicker. I think there would have been better ways of getting the first time buyers onto the housing market by doing the mortgage guarantee, which has also been um, spoken about, but less so, this has not really come out into the detail. So how's he gonna pay off the debt? How's he gonna pay off the whopping 355 billion and counting uh, of money? Well. He hit medium-sized businesses in large businesses. Let's not say small businesses. Um, he hit companies, effectively, limited companies. Um, and what he did is he increased the corporation tax rate for medium-sized businesses from 19% to 
to a whopping 25%. Now, that's a 30% rise. Now, I don't know about you, if you don't run your own company, you might be thinking, who cares, I don't pay it. But think about it, your employer had a tax bill, for example, of £100, now he's got 130 Or she had a tax bill of £100 million, now they've got £130 million. If they want to maintain profits, they might consider letting a few staff go to improve cash flow and bolster at the bottom line. Now, at the high end of the market, I'm not so sure whether they'll bother, whether they'll they'll see the need for that or not. But certainly, um, I believe in the medium end of the market. Now, where, where does this kick in? So. If you're a small, defined as a small company, um, up to £50,000 worth of profit, you'll still have the 19% corporation tax rate that we've got at the moment. So profits up to 19% will be taxed at, uh, sorry, profits up to £50,000 will still be taxed at 19%. When your profits go over £250,000, that's when we're going to be paying the higher 25% corporation tax rate. And then profits between uh, 50 and 250 are going to have a, um, a marginal rate, a phased rate in there. And that's actually not been published yet. They haven't told us what that is. Um, and this all comes into effect in 2023. So there is a bit of time here. So, okay, we're 2021, 2022, and then it starts in 2023. So it's a bit of a lead up. So oh, it's a hard one to say whether it's fair or not, because let's face it, the um, companies have really most companies, got to be careful here because I know some people have been struggling, but so many companies have been helped really by the bounce back scheme. It's a loan, it's not a grant, but all the grants they've been given, okay, and also the um, furlough scheme, so keeping their staff on so they can keep sort of ticking over. The, the hospitality business I know and um, a lot of entertainment and stuff have been actually hammered and not really been looked after. Um, but I think looking at the generalization across the market, which she does, companies have been supported so he's probably thinking well we supported you now you need to support it back my personal opinion is i think it would have been fairer to look at it as a nation and everyone's been helped and then maybe maybe pro rata on their income or net worth on how they should do it so maybe an extra one percent income tax for everyone um so that would have been a bit of an easier or nicer way of doing it or maybe a one percent on corporation tax as well um to do it that way but hey he's done what he's done it is what it is um the extra 30 percent on corporation tax starting in two years time it'll be interesting how that sort of pans out i've got to say you know, it'd be interesting to see how that all um, comes in the wash because it's going to be a big hit for a lot of companies paying an extra third on their corporation tax bill um bearing in mind especially when most companies in that band will be owner-managed directors and they'll be paying themselves via dividends. So it's basically a 30% tax on their dividends. So they will uh, have less dividends to distribute. Now you might say, I don't care, you know, they shouldn't be greedy, et cetera, et cetera. However, they're employing lots of people and it's the knock-on effect of that. So I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is I'm worried about what the effect of that will be on the economy if lots of those small, medium-sized businesses lay people off because of those reasons. But we'll see, we'll see. What is interesting as well is under current corporation tax rules, banks pay an additional 8% surcharge. Pretty sure it came from the financial crisis. Um, they pay this extra tax on there, um, on top of their profits, on top of the 19 that everyone else pays. Um, that's now under review. So that's under review, basically saying 
we're going to waive it because if we put 8% on top of 25%, it's 33%, that's really not attractive internationally and will lose banks' um, business. So they uh, read that, it's under review, it's going to be waived. My mentor, an amazing financial planner called Paul Etheridge, he's retired now, an amazing guy, um, always said to me, I could still hear his voice saying to me, so what, Warren? So what? So when you hear some information, so what? So what does that mean? Does it mean that banks relatively will become more profitable? Okay, so they're now paying 20, what are they paying, 27%. They're going to go down and they'll then pay 25% if it's waived. So if they're more profitable, does that make them more attractive? Will we see a bit of a spike in the share price on those? We'll see. We'll see. It is interesting. It's uh, it's it's interesting times. So five big takeaways from the budget. Okay, no negative changes on income tax on national insurance. Your take-home pay will actually increase after the sixth of April or after the fifth of April. Fifth of April at the end. Stamp duty holiday has been extended for another three months, and then rather cutting off. The holiday at the moment is up to £250,000. It's going to drop down, I believe, down to £125,000 for a further three months before it ends in September. The lion's share of the tax burden is going to put on to medium-sized companies and large companies. So any company with profits of £250,000 or more, they'll be taxed um, an extra 30%. So it's going from 19 to 25%. The furlough scheme, which has helped thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, is being extended till September. And I kind of think that it's a, it's a question, isn't it? It's like, when's that going to end? Because we're in a time scale now of coming out of lockdown. Companies will be start um, rolling again. September kind of is an odd time to stop it because it's almost like, well, it is autumn, isn't it? And you're going then into the winter months and anyone would think it's going to get worse again in winter. I kind of think it would have been stopped a bit earlier in the summer months um, when there's more activity, more going around, but we'll see. We'll see what it's like. Lots of talk about us going back into a sort of restrictions again in December or in the winter, should I say. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like in reality. Uh, and then the self-employed income support scheme is also being extended, but only for tiers four and five. Although I've got to say, I thought we moved out of the tier system, but maybe when we go, uh, when the lockdown system comes back, uh, sorry, it's finished, we'll go back into the tier system. Okay, other main news this week, what else has been going on other than the budget? Um, this is a crazy one. 200,000 women could be in for a one-off payment averaging 13 and a half thousand pounds this comes from the department working pensions basically they've reviewed their pensions uh, state pensions and they found errors in automatic increases um, from women and this is going back dating back to 1992 um, and the department of working pensions estimate this bill taking around about costing about 2.7 billion pounds that's crazy that's just crazy um, yeah, we've borrowed 355 billion. Hey, let's just whack on another 3 billion to the mix because um, there was a few errors. Um, yeah, I wonder if it was discovered before Rishi did his budget calculations. 
um, and uh, promise these uh, the, all these benefits. But we'll see. We'll see. Second thing in the news is contactless payments. So the limit for contactless payments has been raised to £100. Okay, so it was not long ago, it's less than a year or so ago, it went from 30 to 45. And now later this year, it's going to go up to £100. And how about you? But I use Apple Pay. So I have an Apple phone, Android phone, whatever it might be. Um, so I don't really ever use contactless itself. I always use the phone and that's limitless. Um, so I don't know. You know how much this is going to benefit from whether people use their tap and go or whether they use their phones and their smartwatches now it's interesting how things are changing i personally haven't spent cash now for at least a year probably about 18 months it was before the lockdown i know that and i certainly haven't spent any in the lockdown um and um yeah everything from parking tickets to coffee to bigger items and um yeah how about you? Let me know. Do you spend cash? Let me know. Message me. Do you spend cash or are you contactless? Apple Pay, Android Pay? Uh, tell me what it's like. Okay, a couple of readers and listeners questions this week. The first one came in and she said, um, I'm a stay-at-home parent uh, and I was told I could start a pension. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So anybody, any UK resident, let me be clear, any UK resident can start a pension in the UK irrespective of earnings. So whether you are a newborn baby, okay, we do plenty of pension planning for children, or whether you're a stay-at-home parent, or whether you just do charitable work and just don't earn, you can pension 100% of your earned income. I try and use simple language. I know what the terms are, but I try and use simple language. Your pension income doesn't really have a definition. So 100% of your earned income, it includes benefit and kinds and car allowances and stuff like that. So 100% of that capped at £40,000, okay? Um, and if you're a high earner, there's a tapering of that. So we won't go into that just right now. Or if you have no income, you can still pension £2,880, so £2,880, and you'll have £720 added to it as a tax-free bonus, 25% uplift. Um, so think about it as a baby child. They can put in £2,880, and you get £720 added as a bonus as well. Um, so yeah, definitely. And if you can afford it, you really should do it, even if you do it sporadically. You don't have to do that. You can do up to that amount. You can do £100 a month, £10 a month, whatever your budget allows. Obviously, just look at fees from the provider. Make sure it still works out as cost-effective for you. Second question is came in is uh, my son is taking an apprenticeship away from home. Uh, should I help them buy a house there? Is that a good investment? No, I know I'm going to have loads of flack for this or feedback and say, oh, probably a great investment. It's something that helps them get on the housing ladder. I understand all your arguments, okay? But if your child is going away to university, if your child is going away to work, let them do that. Let them go away and work or be at university or something else don't then burden them with house ownership right now. They've got a lot on their plate, what they're going through, everything else. Allow them to be there rather than one foot there, one foot back kind of thing. Um, and what I mean by that is allow them to socialize. So they might want to go and share a house with other apprentices and you know, build relationships and get to know everyone and everything else and be more relaxed and enjoy it. Um, also, you don't put the onus on them. So if you've if they've gone, if you live... Okay, I'm just outside of Swindon, okay? So if you live near me and they're taking an apprenticeship in Edinburgh, okay? You go out, they've bought a house and actually they're going okay, but it's not what they thought. And as time goes on, they realize they don't want to be bleh, whatever X is. You know, so many people change their university degree courses. So many people, I'm sure, and I don't have a fact for this, 
to change their apprenticeship courses. But if you've got home ownership there, you've now set your roots. It's an expensive transition just to get up and move somewhere else. So by all means, help your children buy a house. I think that's a wonderful thing you can do. Help them on the house ladder, 100% behind it. I'd much rather you give them a warm gift than an inheritance. So I'd much rather you give them cash now than wait and build it up in the future. My preference is to help them with that gift in their late 20s, 30s. So when I'm speaking to my clients, I'm like late 20s, 30s, I'm 30s kind of guy, but I do appreciate some people settle a bit earlier. Um, and then when you gift it to them, you gift it by a deed of trust. So it goes into a trust which so protected. And I can cover that in another issue if people are interested. But um, what you don't want to do is burden them right now. So they're going off somewhere. Let, let me buy a house for them. Let me get them all set or anything else. I'm doing it out of love. I think I'm doing the right thing. But actually, really, what you really should be doing is saying, Look, go make your own life. Go and go fly your wings and see how life takes you. I'm here. You know you've always got a place here and I'll support you. If it doesn't work out, they might pop around, but you still support them. And then once they get their feet settled, if they else, they're on, you know, actually I'm gonna buy a house, mum, dad, I'm gonna do this, start working towards it. When they show commitment, when they show commitment, yeah, I'm gonna do it, they've earned it. You then, hey, you know, we'll put this aside for you and uh, we wanted to help you out. Bear in mind, house prices aren't rocketing, okay? I don't think you're gonna lose out massively by doing that and keeping the money invested during that period of time is a very sound idea. Thank you so much for watching. This has been Financial Educator for Nation. I do love receiving your comments. Please like, share, and tell everyone about the uh, the show. Um, the more people who get to see it, the more people can ask questions, and it helps us all. Um, and uh, yeah, it makes it more fun for me as well. So until next time, you take care. My name is Warren Shoot. Thank you. If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through and remember, what makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together. Thank you to Idealo for supporting this show and for you for listening. The Money Planner is edited and produced by the amazingly talented Vince Wakeman at Avando Systems.